There we go. Test one, two. So, uh, uh, do you want to do an official, like, bringing us in? No, moment? no, no. Or, we we, we can just bullshit and see where we go. David, when did you first start rocking? <laughs> well, <clears throat> so I think it all started when I was about 15 years old and I saw Van Halen with David Lee Roth at the Hollywood uh Hollywood Sports Center or Civic Center or something like that. So you, did you, you, 15,000 people. Did, did, did you grow up in L.A. or did you go out there no, for this is Hollywood, the show? Hollywood, Florida. Oh, Hollywood, Florida. I'm, oh, my that's, God. That's where I'm from. I'm from Miami, yeah. Oh, oh that's amazing. You? No, I grew up. I went to Hollywood Hills Elementary, actually. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I'm from uh, I'm from Broward. I'm from Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, so you know, what was it? The Hollywood. I don't even know if it's still there. It used to be one road in and one road out. Anyway, yeah. My my uh, I was just blown away, blown away by Van Halen. And um, after my ears stopped ringing, I... Joined a band, <laughs> so that was that was it, and yeah. that was that was in that was in Miami. Uh, yeah. uh, getting this getting is your at what age? I was fifteen. Yeah, so I was in a band in high school, a band in college. I was even a band in law school, and then just in and out of bands between that and uh, sports. Like played a lot of tennis, so it kind of sometimes I'd just do one or the other. Sometimes I'd do both. What, th there's this temptation to kind of collapse and choose one path or the other, but it sounds like you just kept on refusing. Was that an intentional decision or? I think it was uh, undiagnosed ADHD. They didn't used to have that as a diagnosis. <laughs> um, I just kind of always have done what I thought was fun and that I was passionate about. And sometimes I would do it so much that I'd get burned out on it and go do something else. And Was, was there ever a moment where you got like a serious, uh, I don't know, cartoon talk about like, listen, son, you're doing too much rocking and you need to do more lawyering. Well, I, after college, I, um, I tried to play the uh, pro tennis tour. Didn't have that much success and I had no money. So I was working at like a, it was a training ground for, for people to be pro tennis players. And I, had a, I was a live-in coach. So I had my own place on the beach. I mean, not on the beach, on the golf course. And uh, they gave me a vehicle to drive. And they, I just got paid uh, cash every week for playing tennis with other really and great players. And this is in players. Florida. This, this is, is in Florida. This is at Gary Kessel's Academy in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And then at night, <clears throat> I was singing in a band, at least one band. I might have been in two bands. And I just thought it was awesome. Dude, that is that is an existence. All right. That, right? that, is, that is a... Then my mom came and said, told me that I was should at least apply because I'm wasting my brain. Or at least apply to law school or whatever. So I did. And then all that stuff that seemed so awesome was kind of getting a little bit old and I got in. So I was like, well, I'll, maybe I'll do something else. So I went to law school. There's a, a, a my daughter is about to go to college and she really resents the this sense of a backup plan or, or having, you know, a safe fallback or whatever. Did you feel any of that at that time? Because those are very like like aspirational things, rock star and tennis player. Like, like <laughs> yeah. it, it tends to be leave everything else behind and focus on this soul monastic pursuit. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of wish I was raised different. I was raised in Miami and um, very materialistic. And uh, yeah, dude. you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Florida man is not yeah. in. So a lot of things very very money driven. So. Uh, yeah, she, she kind of preyed on my insecurities a little bit, you know, about that. Dick and the, um, you know, I can't complain now, but there was definitely times where I wish I was had focused on other things more. Yeah. Um, but 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 it sounds like you didn't have any resentment as you went through, you know, the 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 steps to to become an attorney. Well, I loved law school. I couldn't believe how much I loved law school. Where'd you go to law school? I went to uh, Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. 
That seems like it seems like a bit of a, a shift in cultures from Miami, Macon. Yeah, well, I had gone for my first two years of college to Samford University. I had a tennis scholarship to, in Birmingham, Alabama, and um, so okay. I'd already been in the South. Okay. And even though I was from Miami, I just I just loved the Southern people. Um, I, I thought they were awesome. <laughs> they were so so more down to earth and 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 real and polite. Well, because we're, so we're talking about we're talking about Miami in the eighties when like Miami was was Miami. Like, well, you're like, even talking about it longer, older than that. Like I was in the I grew up. I was born in sixty two. Okay. So yeah, so this is this is the birth of really like what Miami kind of like became because you like you watch old movies about Miami or even anywhere in South Florida in the fifties and it's like a hot dog stand and then like a field and that that was like the beach and then everything sort of blows up over the next three decades. Yeah, yeah, but still it's it's a it's a weird mix of people. You have a, a lot of island people and a lot of them can be kind of aggressive. You had a lot of people from New York. We're kind of aggressive. You have a lot of retirees, or a lot of them are grouchy. Oh yeah, and uh, it's just especially a, the French Canadians. It's just a weird. It was a weird mix. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an annoying <laughs> migration. Couldn't wait to get out. Yeah. So you were you were done. That that is something that I found a lot with South Florida. And as somebody who got the hell out of South Florida, like uh, uh, I I still love it, but it's like when you grow up around it, and it's like, oh, here's the beach, and it's kind of nice, and people vacation here all the time. It's like. All right. Well, then if you're a young person, you're like, do I just die? Like, is that just like, am I, do I just fast forward the rest of my life? And this is everything that I ever see. This is where people come. Like, I'm at the end. Should I start somewhere else? Should I, should I go and do it? And it sounds like that's what you did through, through law school and tennis stuff. Yeah. I mean, I just went where I, where I could. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of which, so, so, so you did undergrad on a tennis scholarship in, yeah. in Alabama. Uh, where next? Well, I did two years. Then I switched to, uh, Went back to South Florida. Went to Florida Atlantic University in Boca Raton. Oh yeah, Raton. FAU. I played FAU. FAU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I played tennis for them. I had a scholarship there. Yeah. And then um, I got into law school. Uh, well, I, well, after after FAU, I tried to play. I was playing. That that, that that's when you were at the academy. Play this mo- tried to play some pros and. Yeah, I was at the academy. What's that life like? What is what is the process of minting new professional tennis players like? <clears throat> well. Most of them are pretty wealthy unless they're on a scholarship, but the place that I was at, so they, they, they do whatever minimal schooling that they do. And yeah. And it's just. So tennis, rich kids, tennis, a lot tennis. of rich kids. Yeah. Some of the, there's kids on scholarship too. Yeah. Just. Is, is there a sense of, uh, I, I don't know, not all of us are going to get out of here uh, alive and make it to the pros or is there a competitive, do you feel like a tiger's den in there? Yeah, it was very, very competitive, very cutthroat. Yeah. So uh, when when you did go to law school, where did where did you go? I went to uh, Mercer in Macon. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how we yeah, got to Georgia. Yeah, and I didn't have, Sorry, I, I didn't really have culture shock because I was already familiar with the South, and there was actually people from South Florida there. There were people that I knew from my tennis background that happened to be in that class. Oh, wow. It was, it was bizarre that we had like uh, four or five high level tennis players in this small class, and um, anyway, I just I just loved it. I mean, I would it was so thought provoking, and I mean. I used to speak up in class, which I never really did before. And then, and then I'd go, I'd the whole drive home. I'd be thinking about what I could have said better. And then I was like, be prepared. I got, I got into like studying for a while. Like I'd never done before, man. I basically stu- I'd study from morning till night. I built up the, those kind of muscles, just like you do with like muscles at the gym or muscles yeah. to, to run or something like that. And, uh, it was very satisfying 
for a while. Well, and, I really and, and I would if, if maybe this is an overreach, but but it seemed I wouldn't have thought of tennis and 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 uh, law school as being in any way similar. But there really is. It's like a thwack thwack. Like oh man, I wish I had just zung, zinged him with this uh, fact or whatever after the fact. Yeah, I mean if you're if you're if you're competitive and you're you're an achiever, you know, or you just are driven. It, it, it it's cross disciplines, you know. It, it it crosses disciplines. It does seem like professional athlete and uh, lawyer have that tend to attract similar aggressive sort of personalities in a, in a way that maybe music is is a little bit more laid back. Uh, but but maybe I'm, I'm misunderstanding. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's some pretty mellow. There's some chill lawyers and there's some real aggressive music people. I think yeah. <laughs> pe people are people. Um, but but I guess the the entire time from age fifteen on, there was never a time you weren't in the band in a band uh, yeah. in your free time. Yeah, there was times I was not in a band. Um, I would just keep coming back to it. Like I said, I would just like go balls to the wall, tennis, you know, live it, sleep it, eat it, drink it, whatever. <laughs> and um, then I get a little burned out, or I'd, I'd have moved some. Somehow I'd go to another circumstance and I'd get back into music again. Music was always there, you know, as something at least I listened to. It was like, you know, I was young like everybody else, just like totally blasting my stereo in my car and, you know, just playing music super loud. And it, it meant so much to me. Like I identified with it, you know, just like other young people. So as you're nearing, you know, <clears throat> getting your law degree, do, do you have a strong sense of, of where you want to go? Like uh, I, my, my brother-in-law is also an attorney and, and we all expected him to hang a shingle and open his own business, but uh, uh, he found a different path. Did, did you have a strong sense like that you wanted to be independent or, or no, um, well, I became a lawyer. I always thought I was going to be a criminal lawyer. I was a criminal justice major and I'm showing my age, but there was a show called Perry Mason and he was a criminal. Oh, yeah, no, criminal no, yeah. My, mom, my mom raised me on Perry Mason. Yeah, I love Perry Mason. I thought he was, he was pretty cool. <laughs> you you want yeah. to make people cry and confess on yeah. the stand. But, uh, and it's an Aussie song, right? What? Isn't there a Perry Mason song? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. But uh, I ended up, going in the field that I got a job in. I got a job with a pretty big firm in Atlanta doing insurance defense, which is the other side of personal injury where you represent uh, the people who are getting sued. Yeah. So, and, and, and I know that there, uh, and you can educate me on this, but, but I've heard that there's sort of um, uh, uh, some, some attorneys drift into, uh, uh, you know, just give me the paperwork, I'll look it over and that kind of stuff. And other people are like, no, I'm ready for the big show. I want to get up in front of everyone and give speeches or whatever. Uh, was, I, I, I'm assuming that, that with your competitive nature and, and your uh, uh, desire to punch the sky, uh, that, that you drifted towards the latter. Um, I enjoyed trying cases as a, as a new attorney. I, I got the opportunity. They let me start with smaller ones and then move up to larger ones. And I enjoyed, I, I was solo, you know, I, I was working for a big firm, but I would go there by myself and yeah. I enjoyed trying cases and I had good success. Um, but after I did that for a while, it wasn't like I wanted to keep doing it. It's like, once I proved that I could do it, I was kind of moving on. And, um, you know, I, I switch sides and I do personal injury now, and that's just because I get to help people more than the insurance company. But, you know, in all honesty, I've, I've never, except for the beginning, I never really loved being a lawyer. 
Uh, you, you know, so, so, really, so through, I'm actually through school. Like that, that, that was where your love was the, I, the, yeah, was the like, most. I, I loved being, I loved law school more than I loved being a lawyer, but I did like really being a lawyer. It was really cool to kind of experience working for a larger firm and kind of being, um, it's kind of like a golden boy there a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. and it was part of it because yeah, of that. Because I, yeah, I worked it. You know, uh, and I was really into it. I, I got, to, I wanted to experience what that was. Yeah. But once I did, I was like, well, I really don't want to do that for 35 more years or something. I'd look at these older guys that were at, at the, in the corner offices and stuff. And I was close with them. You know, we, they would take me around and do stuff with me socially or whatever. They, I was, I was definitely in the fold. I was, yeah. I was on the path to be a partner. But run up, run up the expense cards. I, yes. But I saw their life and I was like, that's, that's not the life that I'm looking for. That's a little too slow and conservative for me. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> what's the moment that you snap and decide to start running instead of walking? Uh, well, I, I had a great mentor and uh, I worked just for him and I loved him. He was like a father to me. He still checks up on me once in a while. And he was probably the best lawyer in Atlanta, I thought, the best trial lawyer. And he started letting another guy give me some work. And I did not like it. And I remember one day, I, you know, I put on my, I went to put on a suit and tie, went to the office. This is pre-dreads? Pre-dreads, yeah. I used to have the short hair and the power tie and all that okay, stuff. Okay, so you were, you were, yeah, at, 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 a, at a central casting Atlanta lawyer. And uh, I was just, I just left that I was doing, we're at my desk and I was like, I was kind of getting like an anxiety attack, went home, didn't even, I think it might take my jacket off, but still had my, the rest of my suit on, just got in bed in the fetal position. And I gave notice very soon thereafter and went out on my own. Uh, so how long between that moment where you're, you're reassessing your entire life and you landing here in Austin? Couple of years. Couple of years. Yeah, I went on my own and then I met my wife in Atlanta uh -huh. and she wanted to get out and I was fine with that. And we were, we did a tour of the Northwest to see if we wanted to move there. I'd already been to Austin for South by Southwest mm. because uh, I was involved with music and I actually was a lawyer for people that had a management company. I was the lawyer for, for them. Yeah. So they brought me here. And uh, that's when Southwest Southwest was tiny. Yeah. You'd walk in and out of just bars on 6th Street and you'd have your written program oh okay and that was that that's all it was and, and but so I, I knew so austin went out it was just by chance that we picked austin we moved here in 96 and it's been it's just the city's been great to me okay so wait a minute i need to know what were the other northwestern cities that in this in this branching reality is like there's the david comey attorney that rocks billboard in in what other cities well i did what was, what was on the short list i didn't like california yeah I didn't like California. I thought they were like aggressively liberal. Like, um, you know, I'm liberal about a lot of things, but I just felt weird there. And as soon as I crossed the the, the border into Oregon, I automatically felt a, a relaxation. Yeah. So we were looking at uh, Portland and Eugene. Okay. And Portland more so. And then I'm glad. It, I mean, I think Portland is kind of gone to shit and Austin, <laughs> Austin is just on the rise. Uh, boy, you're not kidding, man. You're, you're the hottest market on uh, in the nation. Sure, yeah. So, so you get you, wrecked, Portland. You arrive in '96, and in my imagination, you're still short-haired and still fairly conservative in your appearance. 
Uh, well, I started growing my hair once I went in my own firm. I want to start my own firm and I was in a band. That was the hardest thing about leaving inside a band. And we were, I was, I was playing bass and singing in a band and we were just beginning to get somewhere. So I came here and, um, I had just, uh, gotten a piece of a very large settlement. I had brought in a case into my old firm and it turned out just lucky that it turned out to be huge. And so they gave me a check, like a, what I thought was all, all the, money the money in the world. All <laughs> the money in the world. Yeah. So I came here and I actually started a record company. That's, I was so fascinated because the more you talked about, and then we walked in and, and for folks who are only listening, because it's audio only, like you've got stuff here up on the wall that shows like a, a legacy of you, like being active in music. I'm like, okay, so if it's not a, if, if, if the attorney that rocks is not like a gimmick in the way that like the, the, the crime smasher that like, you know, has like a billboard is. All right. Like, like what he's trying to say is like, before you showed up, Justin looked at this and was, and literally turned to me and said, Mark, dude, this dude really this rocks. This dude really rocks. <laughs> uh, but like you would imagine that if you uh, are in it, it's not like the music industry is bereft of lawyers. Like there are, there is a tremendous amount of lawyers in the music industry. So that's where you start. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear that. Yeah. Well, there was still a music business to be had. Yeah. This was in 96. And uh, well, the, the long story short is I signed a couple of bands, put out some records and uh, I ended up, you know, out of necessity kind of managing them too. And, uh, the money that I thought was such a huge amount started to get a little bit lower than I felt comfortable. Gotcha. So I took my, there's reciprocity from, I was licensed in Georgia. Okay. So all I did was take an ethics exam here and I was licensed. So I did that. And, and then, uh, I did a commercial, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys ever saw the TV commercial. It's an old one. Some people say I don't look like a lawyer. But David Comey is a lawyer. For over five years, he represented big insurance companies. For years, I defended insurance companies. But now I work for you. So if you've been injured and you have to deal with an insurance company, don't you think that what I know might be very helpful to you? Auto injuries, other accidents, medical malpractice. Call David now. Get a free consultation. So I don't look like a lawyer, but it helps me sneak up on him. Call David Comey at 467. But I was wearing a tie and everything like that. And Austin was still pretty small. Anyway, like, I was like, I don't know anybody here. Um, I, I shared space with somebody. Yeah. And then the phone just lit up. And I had to get my own space and get employees and it just kind of took off. So, so you, th th there was a moment where um, uh, just trying something seems to have resonated where it's like, ooh, people really like the idea of somebody on their side who, who can uh, uh, speak the language of, of attorneys. You know, I, I uh, actually hired an ad guy. And he said, does, maybe just don't do like everybody else does. Let's emphasize that. And I was like, Okay, let's I'll, let's do it. I was, I didn't write the commercial. I was a little embarrassed by it, but it worked. So that oh, the, uh, it, so so there is an, an ad strategy to it. That's like all right, then everybody's going to be like, I'm fighting for you, and and you're gonna look different because you have dreads. And, and yeah, and I emphasize the fact that I, I worked for the insurance companies. I, like I was an insurance defense lawyer. I used to be one years. of them. Now I'm one of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it was very true and legit. It really yeah. gives to this day. It gives you kind of a um, an understanding, and, and and you know how to make them uncomfortable. Why were you embarrassed by it? Because even though I'm on these billboards and stuff, I'm pretty much a private person. Yeah, and, and it put myself out there as uh, something different. 
I'm used to it now. Yeah. But at the time, I mean, I was kind of a newer person in a new town. And well, oh, that's fascinating. Was, was it because it was one dimensional and, and you, you didn't that you felt like boxed in with it? I wouldn't have written it. I wouldn't have written the exact same words. Yeah. Uh, what kind of ad spend was it? Like you know, television? Oh, dude, that, that commercial cost me five hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the actual the actual video. Production, yeah, and yep. then it was a way cheaper to be on TV. Then it was like I could get ad spots. You know. Twelve dollars, fifteen dollars. It was what? Yeah, it was really cheap. Fifteen for like a uh, for, for, for it to run. For wow. it to run, yeah, it was it was it was different. It was different. I actually had a tape that you take took and get took to the to the station and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and but you know we we'd play. I wouldn't play like <clears throat> you know Super Bowl or anything like that. No, it'd be like daytime TV where you're trying to reach the people who are kind of sitting around, maybe not the most motivated people in the world. They're watching, um, you know, Price is Right, Price is Right, or or Judge Judy on, yeah, on, on Tuesday at ten a.m. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. And, and and I've heard, and you can maybe settle this this myth for me that that the reason that is a sweet spot for uh, attorney ads is because um, uh, if you're laid up, you're you're watching daytime television because you've been injured. Uh, that's uh, that's one. That's yeah. one theory. That and the fact that it's fifteen dollars <laughs> to, to, to run during that time. Apparently, yeah, you know, I, I, um, my guy would help me place him. He did. He did an excellent job. He's since retired, um, but uh, he had been in the business for a really long time, and he got a lot of attention because I got a lot of attention. Ah, uh, and uh, it was just we were both pleasantly surprised. So at this point, does your ad guy come to you and say like, "So when's the sequel coming out?" No. You just ran them. And- <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so how long did that that one commercial, that that original, uh, I don't look like a lawyer because it helps me sneak up on him. How long does that run? What was the life cycle of it? I ran it all the way till I left Austin for three years in 2005. What? <laughs> so that runs from, from what, 90s? 90, 96 to 2005. Yeah, maybe 97. Okay, yeah, yeah. 97 to 05. No, cha- no changes. No wow. changes. $500 and that, and commercial. And that's your career, like, boom. I, like, you I are had, off I to had, the races. I had more business than I wa- wanted, really, or I needed. You're turning stuff away. No, I didn't really turn it away, but, you know, there's a... It's hard to turn it away, but the, the more cases you have, the more headaches you have. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. T- turn away is probably the wrong, the wrong right, phrasing right, also, like You guys do referrals and, and you're like, I know a guy that can help you. Isn't that how lawyering works? I mean, yeah. There's some, there's some networking things that go on with yeah. other lawyers and doctors. Sure. But you are exploding. And so, so you get to 05. To me, it was exploding because yeah. I didn't know anybody. <laughs> so, and I'm yeah. sharing space and I was just hoping, you know, to get, get some work. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, the phone, the phone ran off, ran off the hook. I had, had to get out of that office that I was sharing space with. I was making them crazy. I had to get my own space, had to get employees to answer the phone, hire, start hire so my first lawyer. What happened in 2005? So in, in about 2001, so I, I was competing in, I was competing in tennis again, but I was competing as a, um, while you're, while you're, yeah, I was one the of the attorney yeah. that serves, was, <laughs> the attorney yeah. that's sneaky. <laughs> yeah. I was one of the top players in, in, in Texas. Get out. And, uh, I started, I took a, I became assistant coach for the UT men's tennis team. Get out. So I, I did that for three or four years. I may have been, I can't, I think it's four. And, uh, then, and I loved it. 
And again, once again, I thought I had plenty of money. And uh, so but the job at FAU where I played came open for the head coaching job. Oh, wow. So I applied and I got it. I did not know you were head so coach at FAU. I sold my practice and went to Florida for three years. So uh, once you sell a practice, uh, because obviously you're back here now, uh, uh, when you come back, uh, you just have to create a new corporation or something or? Um, it was kind of complicated because when I sold it, uh, the other person felt like they had rights to my name and things like that. So there was. He grew out dreadlocks and. There was, a, there was a lawyer that I hired involved with that. Once I got that issue out of the way, which happened pretty quickly, then, yeah, I just I started. Oh, no, I actually went uh, and had an old buddy of mine. He already had an office all set up and he was downsizing. And I was like, well, bring me in. I, I'm good at getting cases. So we did. I had a partnership that and it, that lasted about nine years. So when that, you did come back, that was that would have been what? Seven oh, or eight? Oh, eight. Oh, eight or so. So is that, is that where the billboard comes in? Yeah. So when I came back, everything had changed. Um, nobody was, my $500 <laughs> ad, I think we tried to run it. It wasn't doing the same, but you had these huge players that had happened while I was gone. had come in and they were spending more in a month than I was spending in three years. Wow. And I was, I remember... Is that just like a population thing? Like there's just more people here or, or, or the legal scene had just kind of descended upon Austin? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened. Um, but it definitely the, the city got the city grew a lot while I was gone. Oh, five to oh, eight. The city exploded. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was a lot more money. And be, and I guess and then these lawyers who I, I think some of them I knew of before, but they were just we were all equal footing. They had just reinvested and done all this stuff and I'm out doing tennis stuff. So I come <laughs> back and I didn't really have the means or the desire to compete with them like that. So I remember I was sitting in traffic traffic had exploded while I was gone too. And I'm looking over and I'm stuck. And then I look over and I see the billboards. I see I'm looking at a billboard and I realize there's not a single lawyer billboard in this town. And, and of course, uh, uh, this is already at a time when Austin is notoriously, increasingly notoriously having stopped traffic and billboards seem smarter and smarter by the moment. So I was like, well, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to do a billboard and I'm going to do it way outside the box so that while people are sitting here like I am, they're going to be like. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yes. So everybody, everybody will see. And then, the, so, and that campaign, that campaign started working. So, so it was your idea. So, so the, 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 the television ad, uh, uh, you, you, you got kind of pressured into and you weren't really comfortable with, but at some point it snapped and, and you were like, uh, no, we're going to go even farther. Yeah. I wouldn't say I, I was pressured and I wouldn't say that I wasn't comfortable it just was i was a little i was a little embarrassed yeah i was a little embarrassed by it um and when people bring it up now and they do it affectionately i still have like this little bit of embarrassment like about a twinge it. the billboards i think are cool and i actually had a dream um and and my dream it was the you've seen that billboard with the with the leather jacket and stuff and my hair down yeah i got that idea i had a dream it was like clear as day 
And that's the way that I was dressed. And that's what I had on. And I was standing next to some friends of mine and we were kind of just, we were out in the whole country. We were just kind of reminiscing about, couldn't believe how popular all this stuff had become. Well, and so you, you so, have a, so I copied that. My wife took that picture on our back deck at, at our old house. Oh, That's really? So, so, so that wasn't like a, like, the, the, did you know it was for the, 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 yeah. the billboard? Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but it was just, it was just your wife that it wasn't a, a pro like no, photo shoot like or a, anything. Like an iPhone two or something. Well, and before you pull the trigger on this billboard, is there any hesitation about like, uh, uh, well, uh, this is going to be like, or, or is there any hint in your gut that this is going to take off the way it, it did? Well, I had like a, this, the dream that I had. Which and I'm not I'm not like uh, into that kind of stuff. I don't like study dreams or I'm not into <laughs> astrology or anything like that. But it felt like a, it felt strong. And I was like, well, I got nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, I, you sign a year contract. The first billboards that I did. So I would do them in the bad areas of town where they were cheaper. I think my first billboard was three hundred fifty dollars a month. So we put it out there and then the response well, I mean, was, was, talk about a, a great Venn diagram of like cheaper billboards in bad areas and personal injury. <laughs> like, like that, that, that seems yeah, was, like an ideal place for a personal it injury billboard. It was my demographic, yeah. you know. Um, I, I get a little bit of stuff from really nice areas now because I'm older. But at the time, no, it wasn't, you know, the people, the uh, CEO lived in Westlake or Terrytown was not the guy that was calling me for his injury case. Right. But, yeah. So, so you pull the trigger and you start rolling out the billboards. Uh, at what point do you realize, like, is there, is there one moment that you're like, oh, there's something really happening here? Yeah, the, well, the phone, it didn't explode like it did, like my, my TV commercials. My, my TV commercials, you could know when, the, when my TV ad ran back in like the 90s because the phone lines would light up. Yeah. So this was, what I liked about the... Um, Billboards is someone were lit, so they were they were out there twenty four seven. I knew right now there was a bunch of there's people looking at that stuff, so it was slow and steady. And then what I just wanted to make sure, since I had let the practice go, that I just did a really great job, and I really had my head in the game, um, really helped people get well and get paid and do stuff like that. And so the referral started going too, and uh, it's just both both were just really to be honest, lucky lucky as hell and probably random. So th this is what I really want to get your opinion on, because from my perspective, as just a viewer of daytime television and driver of a car where you see ads, the almost wrestling personas of personal injury uh, uh, attorneys specifically is something that is like a part of the art form of that advertisement. Uh, I had always kind of looked at at you as a part of that. Uh, uh, I did not realize that you had the kind of, of of backstory that you have. But when you look at like like the 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 law extractor, like and there's like a, a, a lightning bolt behind somebody's head, like how do you view those those ads? Like are, are they hokey or are they? Do you understand? Like hey, that's a man trying to get paid. Both. Both. <laughs> Both. I mean, I'm not impressed. I'm not, yeah. I'm not depressed. You know, I, they, they do, they do what they do. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not aggressive like that. And, uh, some of them really love what they do, love their persona, all that kind of stuff. I've done what I've done because I've mouths to feed and out of just the reality of being the breadwinner. Yeah. And, uh, I've never loved being an attorney since, except for maybe in the beginning. And it's just, it's what I do. I know how to, I know how to be successful at it. 
I've always, other things in my life are things that I have a lot more passion about. Um, yeah. Sports. Now it's pickleball. Um, pickleball. Yeah. Now it's pickleball. And are uh, we like two years away from you decamping to become a pickleball uh, professional player or so, so what is, what is, what is pickleball? Pickleball is, um, it's played on a, like a, a, it looks like a tennis court, but it's smaller uh -huh. and there's an area you can't go in that's called the kitchen. You play with uh, like a wiffle ball and you play with like a paddle. And so it's a combination of basically between like uh, tennis, ping pong and maybe badminton or something. Is, is, uh, is, is it similar to squash where you hit the ball but, and, and you expect it to go farther and it no, doesn't? No, no, no. Or, or is it smaller? Or I think is, you, you, no, you play, you're playing against other people. Yeah. So like. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. But, but I mean like, a, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Like, like, you know, in tennis, you whack a thing you want. It's going to go to the moon. You know, but it, it doesn't go like, as far because it's a wiffle right. ball. Yeah. Um, but it's the fastest growing sport in America. Really? Yeah. And uh, after I played it the first time, I realized that my 40,000 hours of tennis, which I, I had not done anything in tennis for 17 years because I blew out my shoulder. I was like, I can do this. This is, I, I have this, I just have to rekindle these skills that I have from, from my child, all the way from my childhood. Yeah. And, um, I loved it. And with, and then within two weeks of playing it, I started the process of building a court at my house because the, the courts around here, South Austin Rec Center and Boulder Acres. There's waiting lists and you get kicked off and there's just too many players. Because and not it's enough too courts. hot. So it's the hottest sport, hottest sport that there is. And I loved it. So Fried now pickles. I'm playing tournaments like, I, and I'm about to travel again for the first time. I've, I used to travel all the time playing tennis and traveling. So you are, you are, you're, 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 you're still you're going doing pro it in, in pickleball. Yeah, actually there's senior pro, you know, there's a, <laughs> I mean, I, I, the thing is it's 50 and over yep. and I'm 58. So I kind of missed the little oh the sweet spot window. window where yeah. you can just dominate. Yeah. So, but still, the fact that I'm you know I'm excited about it like I was when I was a kid. Can't wait. Yeah. To, I've got a tournament this weekend. One weekend after that, then uh, Sam and I were traveling to uh, Alabama to uh, play the national indoors. So. So, uh, and, 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 uh, as somebody who desperately is looking for, uh, as we get out of COVID, uh, uh, to something to plug into, how would one get into the pickleball scene here, here in Austin? Uh, go to, I would start at Austin tennis center or, or South, but cause they've got, they've got tons of players and there's always something going on. Get yourself a cheap paddle and go out there. Start everybody, pickling. Everybody, okay. everybody I know that, that plays, it gets hooked. And, and, and what do you think is the, the attraction of it? Is it, is it that it, uh, it's so much fun. So you don't have an overhead serve. So like, you know, in tennis, somebody's got a really huge serve and you can't return wrecked. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And tennis is so technical. If your technique's not right, sometimes you can't hit the ball. People from all different backgrounds or even with no racket or paddle sports backgrounds can hit the ball and have fun. And then there's that area by the net that's called the kitchen where you can't go in. So you can't, nobody's going to get on, just go on top of the net and, and just slam. smash it down. And it's a great equalizer. So an old person can compete with a young person and it's more about strategy and does, uh, uh, I've been getting into ping pong lately. Does spin matter a lot in pickleball? It does. Uh, some of the best players are ping pong players. And, and so, uh, so I guess, I guess the, the thing to imagine as is more ping pong writ large, but, but you can't get right up in, in, yeah. on the net. And it can't really, ping pong can't really get on top of that either because you can't reach it. Right. So it's kind of like that.
and you uh, serve underhand. And I think you're making a very good case for pickleball. I'm very yes. excited. All right, all right. I'm going to have to drag you back to law here <laughs> no. as, we, as we wrap up. You no, want, you want to talk about the thing I'm least passionate about? I, no, 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 no. This is something that has been a fascination for us on, okay. on our show, and all that right. is, uh, for whatever reason, the legal profession has created some of the best Zoom fails uh, of, oh, of our of our of our pandemic year. Well, I mean, first the big one was was the cat lawyer. Are, are, are you are you up on these? Have you followed these? Have they, have they crossed your radar? Um, oh yeah, somebody showed me that the cat. He was talking to a judge, and there was a cat in his. Well, he was. Uh, it was. It was a a filter that like had like eye oh, yeah. movements and an yeah. animated mouth, and then yeah. yeah. he didn't realize that that it was on. And, and yeah, yeah, saw, I saw that. Uh, have you had any any challenges with with Zoom courtroom stuff? Have you seen anything just no, in your? Because my lawyers do it. Your lawyers do it. You are you are here to preside. You are you are the the, the pope mean, I, that, I have that my, rocks. I have my my role, and that's not one of them. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, uh, so so these these haven't necessarily, aside from you know maybe somebody showing you on their on their phone, kind of crossed your uh, crossed your radar. No, and yeah. uh, you know I don't really follow law stuff or legal stuff. Most of my friends are not lawyers. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, this is the, yeah, these are, these are things for whatever reason, the public has become yeah. fascinated between like that. And then people in their cars trying to zoom in, I guess, because as people have either had a challenge with the technology yeah. or realized like, Oh, I can do it from bed. It was a, a South Florida story yeah. where people, the judge was yelling at people to stop zooming in from their beds that they should be dressed appropriately as they would be for yeah. court. I mean, what I think has happened is it, is that it's shown that we can function without having to, you know, go to the courthouse and fight traffic and fight for parking. Yeah. It, you, there's other ways to do things. Um, I let some of my employees, they still can work remote one day a week. You know, we figured out that we could survive with that. You know, I think there was some beneficial things, you know, I think commercial real estate may have an issue in the future because, of, you know, a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I don't really have any really good funny zoom stories or funny lawyer, lawyer stories or anything like that. people always, people ask me that and I get interviewed, you know, here, here and there. I think it's just because it's become a, a thing beyond law. Like, it, and I guess it's, it's funny to people because there's stakes, like, because it's not just like, oops, I accidentally did it on, on a phone call with my friend. It, it's like, Oh, here's somebody's, job and there's a judge and they're dressed different so you know immediately that they're in trouble because they they wrote the wrong name on their on their on their zoom account or whatever uh so uh how big is a pickleball court you feel like two and a half of them on a tennis court okay yeah yeah okay, so that's perfect and a lot of people play doubles yep so you can be out of shape I'm thinking about the septic, like the our, our, the grass field. Like you're gonna I, make, you're gonna, I'm gonna make, make a pickleball. I'm gonna make a pickleball court. Pick yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, I think I think I've been Brian's, converted. Brian's I've been playing production so, facility is literally right down the road from uh, here. So, so what happened was COVID happened, and uh, and and all of my team worked remotely and all of a sudden we have this giant production facility and so it's me and my ops manager and we're like uh let's get a ping pong table mm -hmm. and 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 it's been a year of ping pong getting better and better but but uh i i resent him for being better than me because he's a sports person uh mm -hmm. and and so now i'm just like man we're, we're gonna build a pickleball field <laughs> you get a secret train secret yeah. train well the thing about pickleball you could uh, like if you had a flat asphalt surface you could even just tape the lines and get a temporary net is it, is it normally a grass field or, or no? It's it's a it's like a it's a mine's like 
is like a tennis court. Yeah, you and, know, and you, you do get a bounce on it though. Yeah, no, the pickleball doesn't bounce as high as a tennis ball at all. Right. But you get used to that. Yeah. No, when I was last time I was in Vegas, there was like a whole big uh, thing where it was like downtown. They just had like this massive class of of people that were doing pickleball, and I had never heard of it, but I watched people play it. Uh, I couldn't get in on it because it was so popular and like sold out or whatever. But yeah, like the, the, the pro, there was a pro tournament down there. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. maybe that. Yeah, maybe it was it was it was, uh, yeah. uh, it was in in conjunction with that. But it's certainly a big it's a big thing. People loved it. I love it. I uh, love it. Just just a pitch. This has been my favorite thing that we've found out about David Covey is that yes. he loves pickleball. Pickleball enthusiast. Like, no, and, no and, professional. Sorry. Exactly. Professional. And, and, and I know, I know you don't want to, you don't want to mess with success, but what about a billboard that says David Covey, the attorney that rocks and then real small and also loves pickleball. And also loves pickleball. So it's funny you say that because, um, I've been practicing law 32 years. Yeah. And, um, I'm not renewing my billboards. Oh no! Is this is this news? Have you have you have you informed the public? News? The uh, now the people that put up my billboards know that because they're coming up for renewal. I don't know. I mean, I've got 25 or whatever. Yeah, like, these are. But uh, I've told a few people, but not too many. I mean, I yeah, I'm I'm good. You know, as far as. So is this is this the, the the public persona of 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 David Comey kind of the, the or, or not not David Comey but the attorney that rocks in all capital letters like kind of being sunset or, well, I want less to do. I want to. I don't more my, pickle. Yeah, my my brother is a partner here. Gotcha. And he's, he's in agreement. You know we have a lot of cases. So if we had one fifth as many, yeah. And we were really cherry picked them and, the, and we had less, just less crap to do. Gotcha. Well, and, and, and at this point you've got, the, I mean, the reputation glow is going to, it's, you know, it's like, it stays bright a long time after the sun goes down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I still get new, I'll still get new cases with sure, new billboards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, is how, that, is that freeing? Like immediately once you said that, like, like this, like, like smile kind of crossed your face. Well, uh, what's it's the fact that I'm moving away from the practice. You know? Yeah. I'm moving toward, um, I have two kids. My, my oldest starts college next year and uh, my daughter who I adopted, she's got two more years and then she's probably going to go back to Latvia where we adopted her from for at least a while. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking to travel and I'm looking to, yeah, I'm looking to travel with my wife to see every place we can see. And, um, and then also to travel to play pickleball and stuff like that. And, you know, I want it, I want my day to be more concerned about, you know, getting to the gym and playing pickleball and yeah. going out to dinner or going to doing something fun. As opposed to the rigid world that, 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 that a lawyer, a hugely successful lawyer demands. You know, yeah. yeah. I and mean, I start getting texts and emails. Well, they, they come at all times, but I can usually tell when about eight, eight thirty starts rolling around. That's yeah. Yeah. And I've been doing it 32 years. I've done my, done my time. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I didn't know that we were actually getting like, like a, a, a full, a scoop. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and that's so wonderful because it's like, um, uh, I, I, uh, I can definitely relate, uh, uh, to the sense of like, you do, you do a thing for however long. And it's like, it's not like you're going to scrub it from the universe or you're embarrassed of it. It's just, you're just going to put it on the shelf and, and you're going to reap the rewards from it, uh, uh, for, and do what you truly, you know, follow your passion and, and do the important stuff. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to close shop or anything like that because my brother is a partner and he still has to make his money, but we're just going to get a point that he's comfortable with and where I can go away for if I'm gone for a month and don't want to be reached. It's everything's still cool. Uh, yeah. Quick, quick question. Do, do you, uh, I mean, obviously you're so recognizable. You have such an iconic look. Um, do, did you, do you tire of being recognized or, or having people, uh, do they approach you and, 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 and shout your name and or whatever? You rock on command. Yeah. <laughs> they used to do it more like that when I was younger. Um, I don't know. Cause I go to the same places all the time. <laughs> So they, uh, the wait, same people seeing me, they know me, you know, um, uh, a true, true story. Uh, I was working with a personal trainer and I was midway through a, a weight training session and my personal trainer says, don't turn around. But that's David Comey. I'm like, I'm not turning around. And I'm like, uh, you, you mean the attorney of the Roxy? She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, apparently we go to the same gym. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just a regular person. Um, but I do sometimes like being out of town being anonymous, but I, it's weird. I've been recognized in Virgin Islands and. Oh, really? Yeah. Like it's just weird places out of nowhere. Is that, is that the weirdest place that you've been recognized? I, I, you know, been out of the country and been recognized and that always surprises me. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so at this point it's, uh, it's, it's pickleball and the kids for, for a hot minute and billboards, uh, fading away. Uh, yeah, and I still got music going on. Oh, of course. Always rocking. Uh, yeah. I've got an, I've got a new band that's, uh, I'm having a lot of fun with. Do, do, do you do you advertise? Do you leverage your your local celebrity to to get people to shows, or or do you just let that? It was kind of the other way grow? around. Yeah, it's kind of the other way around. You know, um, I would play the shows. I'd play the shows, and then they could they'd realize that well, he really does rock, just like you said. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because um, I'm doing it a long time. I'm not shitty, so. Yeah. yeah. What, um, uh, uh, there's the lawyer bands out there that are really bad. <laughs> is, that, wait, is, that, is that like a thing? Like like lawyers like get money yeah. and then realize like, oh, hell, I want to start a band. Yeah. And that's what everybody pictured me to be. But I play with, all, I play with professional musicians. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's one of the things that, that has really come out. And I'm so glad that we did this interview uh, because it, the, the authenticity of, of like uh, – in a world where so many people grab a gimmick, uh, the fact that that the photo was shot on an iPhone too, and it's like, no, I just rock. Is, yeah. is, is it's just, awesome. just what it is. Uh, uh, so, so uh, man, uh, uh, if, if, if I would love to come see one of your shows, uh, 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 but uh, do, do do you make that public of where you're going to be? Or yeah, well, I've got a I've got a, a new band. Um, it's a lot, I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's called uh, Hillbilly Killbox. And it's uh, punk rock with uh, a lot of humor. Nice. In. All yeah. the way in. Yeah. And um just having really a lot of fun with these guys. Um, and are you uh, singing, playing bass? Because you said you did both before. Yeah, I'm not playing bass. I'm just singing. Just singing? Just yeah. the front man? Yeah, we write. Well, front man. Is that, is that a that, loaded term? That That makes me... That makes me a little. Yeah, I just too. gave him. Oh wow! All right, yeah. yeah, yeah it's like so. Anyway, pickleball. Yeah. <laughs> <It's really laughs> uh, so hillbilly kill box, and and how long you been rolling with that? Started it during COVID. Because uh, oh, I had another band called Dharma Kings, which I've had for years and years, but they wouldn't get together during COVID, so I kind of had went to, to something doing something to do. else. And now the other one seems like super serious, you know. Yeah. And this one seems a lot more fun. 
um, I actually have to let those other guys know they're finally ready to play again that I'm that you're out. That that you're, out. We're breaking yeah. so much news <laughs> and, right and, now. And, and, and while we're on the topic, just yesterday we are having a discussion about like as COVID you know recedes, um, uh, uh, there's different, especially for a public persona. It's like like, are you cool with being the guy saying everybody get together and kiss each other on the mouths? Come to my show. Is is there any of the? How do you see that rolling out, or is that even a, a factor for you? Well, um, it's funny. So. We've recorded four songs, and they're—I think they're—they're they're, uh, amusing. And uh, but we only have four songs, so we're not ready to play out anyway. So by the yeah, time everything, it. you know, we got to have like twelve to fifteen songs because they're shorter of original music before ready to play. And, and, and I'm working on it tonight with them, but yeah, yeah this takes is a while. Uh, what on Spotify? Everyone can get it, or yeah, we have two songs out on uh, Spotify. There's a video; it's out on YouTube. All the Dharma King stuff is out. Yeah, There's everywhere. Five records. Wait, is what is the? It's hard to say what is the one thing that you're most proud of. But 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 what are what are a couple of songs that you've that you've done that you're particularly proud of? So Dharma Kings, um, Automatic Samurai, In Your Head. Um, there's a, there's a video of the Warlock of us playing where we open for. Uh, Ghostland Observatory, and it, there have a couple of famous guitar players on stage with me. And we were playing to about ten thousand people. That's pretty cool. Nice. That's awesome. There's some there's some good moments. Um, but yeah, I'd say those those two, those two songs. The whole uh, what's it called? Uh, T minus zero record. It's produced by my friend John Moyer. He's the bass player for Disturbed, and uh, we spent a whole week with him nonstop and put out this record. That's was was there? I mean, you mentioned playing for ten thousand people. Uh, I would imagine that there are a couple of moments that jump out as these iconic, uh, hard rocking, like you know, just complete flow state, blowing minds. Uh, 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 do, do you have any of those tales to share? So things that I remember. Um, that was a, that was a really good show opening for Ghostland and it was packed. We had a, we had a good show one time opening for Cypress Hill. These are all in a, these are Batfest in Austin, and then uh, we went and opened for Rat in um, the Paramount in New York. When was this? Uh, it was the night that Stephen Piercy made uh, national news because he kind of sat down while he was playing because he was all. They said he was all messed up, like on drugs or whatever. Yeah. But he was on. Um, he was on painkillers because he needed a knee replacement. We, I have all these pictures. We were hanging out with him. He, kind of, he actually kind of wanted us to go and play with him some more. He got kind of attached to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, uh, that's a that's a good memory. One time we opened up at um, what's the one where the Rot Rally? Okay. We played, oh yeah. We played yeah. On Congress. On Congress, and we opened for Sleep at the Wheel. Holy cow. And I remember I could, we were pretty far away from the Capitol, but I, it was just people all the way to the Capitol as far as I could see and then left and right down whatever. Was, I couldn't see the end of the people. That has to be amazing. And, and, and you're seeing over the crowd yeah. the, the Capitol of Texas. Yeah. That's, got, that's just that's an, iconic, be an iconic, iconic yeah. moment, right? Yeah. And uh, they weren't they really there to see me, but we did well enough where they, they were entertained and they enjoyed it. Yeah. 
Oh no! In that spot, if they care, you you won. Like if they if they if they're not on their phone or or, or just screwing around, then you are you are golden. Uh, there is something um, uh, I, I do magic, and uh, uh, I open for a lot of uh, people, and and there's something about an audience that isn't there to see you that makes it feel so triumphant when by the end of your set you've won them over. It's like an audition. Uh, and and uh, Rot Rally would be, I would imagine, a, a trial by fire if they're not there to see you. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, you know, it just happened so quick. It's like I, was, I had to get through all the people to get up on the stage and just start playing. And uh, yeah, I stopped at one point and I just couldn't see any of the people. And I was like, you know, if I, I, I think I said something like, you know, this is it. It's like if I never got to play music again, this is this is just worth it. I didn't appreciate everybody and that was like it was a special moment uh, uh there's something uh, we've talked about how you never uh, oftentimes you don't get to ever know what was your best moment yeah. and it, that's got to be pretty rad that it was so obviously obvious to you that cinematic yeah. Uh, yeah i didn't think i'd ever play again where i couldn't see the end of the, the end of the people so uh, i, yeah. I kind of knew it well, we're we're coming up on an hour. Do you, is there anything you want to promote or 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 any no, good vibes? He's, no, he's, he's, he's looking. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's got yeah. a. Uh, I mean, I guess that, that I got. Sorry, man, I got nothing to sell. No, that's, that's great. That's, no, that's uh, that's amazing. This, well, this is what happens when you won so hard. There's <laughs> nothing left to, to. You go play pickleball, and I'm serious. I want to. We're gonna. I'm gonna hit stop, and I'm gonna quiz about pickleball. That pickleball. Yeah. Even more, even more pickleball. <laughs> yeah. uh, I get pickleball three thirty day. So yeah. there you go, uh, uh, David. Thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your day to talk to us i'm sure everybody uh is is very excited to hear and and i'm i'm, I'm sure anybody who who is used to looking at your face on on the highway uh, start enjoying it now because uh because these these are these are the last days here they're coming they'll be down probably in the next all of them down within the next probably eight or nine months wow wow uh david thank you so much for joining thank us you so you much guys. david yeah, yeah. champion
Milk is the drink 